So, I think I mentioned this to you guys. I definitely did. Um, I went to the Suns game this week. I was in Phoenix for work, and I was just like, fuck it. I got nothing else going on. Oh, I thought you were here. No, 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 no. So, I was in Phoenix for a couple days from work, and I was just like, it's Tuesday. I got shit to do. I got no job. Cases are in town. So, like, you know what? I'm just going to go. So, I drove down to Phoenix. Um, it was like a half-hour drive. And I maintain that I understand why the Suns drafted DeAndre Ayton. Um, but I really think that team is better now if they have Luka Doncic. They have no playmaker. I mean, Devin Booker is kind of, he's basically starting at the one. They've got a really long, tall starting lineup. They've got Mikel Bridges, Trevor Ariza, uh, TJ Warren, and DeAndre Ayton starting. So they've got like three small fours effectively starting in three of the five spots. And then they've got Book running the point. Aiden was really, really good on offense, but just defensively, he's not great. There's no effort. There's zero effort. On I don't even know that it's an effort thing. I think it's more of just like, I don't think he knows where to be on the floor. Like, I think, like, genuinely, he doesn't, he is late on a lot of, like, switches or on the help, which then leads him to, like, not really be a force on the defensive end. Like, he's not, he's not something that people need to be aware of. It's also... He's been the most athletic guy on the floor his entire career. That's true. So he could afford to be late. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can rotate late in high school. Right. When you're the number one recruit in the country. Right. When you're 7'2 you, at 17. Yeah. It's not so, so hard. Yeah. No, I, you're probably right. It's probably not. It, it looks like lack of effort, but, like, people don't realize that defensive rotations in the NBA are not. Like, it's not just play defense. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, though. I still maintain, like, I get why they drafted DeAndre Aiden, but I genuinely think that they should have taken... Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic yeah he just I mean he just I don't know it's he's been phenomenal as a playmaker this season in general like he's just a floor general and they they desperately need that now at the same time they could probably find like they could make a trade for like a Terry Rozier have him play point um and now Aiden in that starting lineup makes a lot more sense. But Devin Booker is not, not a point a guard. guard. No. Not a point guard. Can't run point. Like can to some extent like is not a bad ball handler but they, as a team, made so many turnovers. It was so aggravating. The one guy that was super impressive was um, Who'd they Montes, play? Uh, the Pacers, Ooh. without Oladipo. And yes. they lost, uh, I think they lost by like six. I left in the third quarter because I was tired. But The Suns uh, stink. They're bad. They're bad. Um, they have a lot of intriguing pieces, but no cohesion. No. But I tell you what, man, fucking DeMontis Sabonis is a bad motherfucker. That dude, he went off. It was basically Aiden versus Sabonis the most of the game. Him and Oladipo could still be in Orlando. Oh, man. That would be – that team, if they were still in Orlando, they're a five seed. Well, so this is kind of a good segue. And uh, I guess um, without further ado, welcome back, y'all. This is episode 72 of NBA, the podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. Uh, I am your host, Jake Hilas, a.k.a. Ben and Jerry Simmons. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's an old one. That was like the OG, uh, aka Joel M. Cheese, uh, aka, um, fuck, I got it. That's it. That's it. Villa, Victor Ola dial up. Uh, oh, that's not bad. I stole that from a Twitter account. Uh, Jake Kielas, it's me, um, your co host, and directly in front of me, introduce yourself, sir. Hey, it's Tad, uh, aka uh, DeAndre ate my homework. <laughs> <laughs> aka uh devin booker t washington nice. Nice. <laughs> i didn't have i didn't you know what last week was a, like a lights out <laughs> uh aka week for me uh so i didn't i didn't have much let's try this okay so we've been trying this the last couple of weeks let's see if we can do this so you give me a theme 
a theme. And I'm gonna you, come you are better at the theme picking. You should come up with the theme. Okay, and then we have to just rattle off names. Okay, how about uh, pizza toppings? Oh, man. NBA player pun names with pizza toppings. That's tough. Manu Pepperoni. See, that's good. See, you guys are so much better. So, so much better at this than I am. Um, um, Anchovio Davis. See, uh, I've been trying to come up with an anchovy one. That's why mine's been stuck on, on, on anchovies. Oh, um, there's got to be. I got I to gotta, I gotta get at least one in here, you gotta, right? You got to get one. I don't know. You need one. You need one. I, I can't do this off the top of my head like you guys can. Mozzarella ball. <laughs> see, like I don't see, I don't think, I don't think that way. Mm. Like you guys are just, you're so quick. Tough. Also, R.I.P. Nikki. <laughs> he's not dead. He's he alive. Just, just couldn't be here. <laughs> he's, he's working right now. Uh, let's see what else. Pizza toppings. Pizza toppings. Pizza toppings. Um, oh, come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! I'm trying to think of other pizza toppings. And I know, like. You put pretty much anything. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, jail green olives. <laughs> I was trying to, like, the one that, like, the I, there's one NBA player I can't get out of my head, and it's uh, Donatus Matehunas. <laughs> and, like, but I can't come up with anything for him. Like, Donatus Mate Jalapeno. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I got nothing, it's but, not like, good. I can't get his name it's out of my good. head. It's not good. Um, oh, come on, come on. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Boban Marinarevich. See? <laughs> I have Michael, Michael Jardinera. Hey! <laughs> we will take it. Um, so we were talking about, we, we, we were talking about the magic. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about, like, to start this whole thing. They've um, played the second toughest schedule in the East, and they are a legitimate playoff contender i have no problem admitting this i think they're gonna make the playoffs this year i think so too i was I really wrong right. dude steve clifford i am fully fucking in i told you full torque i told you i am in on steve clifford i am the funny thing is is i was really out on scott skiles was huge on frank vogel Naturally. and then they hired steve clifford and i was like what another fucking meh hire in like a lit and dude i am fully in dude, on cliff dude on on Coach Big Red Dog. He is he is effectively like he is turning around the magic similar to the way that Bud is doing in Milwaukee. Now, Town Pool's not not nearly as close to what they have in Milwaukee, but he's bringing a modern offense to I guess a modern team, right? You've got a lot of like stretch bigs, guys who can play multi positions, can defend multiple positions. Um there I mean, when you look at the when you look at the East, the only team that could foreseeably if they if they hit a hot streak and Orlando hits what most would say it's probably an inevitable cold streak would be Washington. Like Washington could easy sneak yeah. their way back in there. But like I don't know, man. There's just a lot of teams that are just like meh. Like I even also like Charlotte. Think, I don't believe in Charlotte. Yeah, see, I think we could overtake Charlotte. I don't believe in them. Boston's not gonna be at number seven for the rest of the season. No. You know, they'll 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 raise up. They've they've been hot as of late. Um but let me ask you this question. What is more surprising to you? The fact that Orlando might make the playoffs this year? Or that the Clippers are number one in the West right now. I the that's a fucking tough question. I mean, I'm gonna say that the Clippers are number one in the West. It's crazy, right? Because that is crazy. Like I realize we're 20 games into the season, sure. or like around 20. You know, some teams have played yes. more than others, certainly. But we're about 20 games into the season, and the like 
the fucking Clippers are number, and the Clippers are good. They're legitimately they are. good. Well, they got they have a team full of guys who are on, like, they're on like prove it contracts. It's basically the expiring contract. So they've got a roster full of expiring contracts, and like historically speaking, guys play much better and tougher on the last year of their contract. The problem though is when you also have a bunch of guys on prove it contracts all at the same time, is you run into. Every dude out there is like, "Yo, fuck y'all! Right, I'm gonna mine. get mine." Yeah. And they don't—they're not doing that. They're—they're no. they're good. They look good. It's—they're fun to watch. I didn't—I didn't feel this way for a long time, but I gotta say, Doc Rivers is doing a fucking hell of a job with that team. I still refuse to admit that it has anything to do with him. I'm I, I will not—I will not give him if, credit. If you look at that team last year, after they traded Blake and they got the overhaul from that trade, and they made the trade early in the or like, well, I guess during the preseason um, or off season when they got rid of Chris Paul, like they get this hodgepodge of, of role players to come in. And right after that Blake trade, like they were kind of floundering right up, right around like the 10, 11 seed. They almost made the fucking playoffs after that. They did. I, I, I'll give you that. They've done a good job of like, the thing is they have a roster that has a lot of cohesion and they have a roster that makes sense. Yeah. Like guys that play well with one another. I think there's a lot of times where teams go out and get these guys, like these big name guys or like these like high priced players, but they don't play well with your current roster. Right. And I, I think the one thing they've done a really good job of is getting guys that actually uh, fit in. Now, neither you nor I picked the Clippers to make the playoffs this year. If I recall, no, I don't think either I did. Well, I don't remember. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I, w- I, I, I truly believe that I didn't. If I did, good for me. But I, I honestly can't believe that I would have. Yeah. Listeners, check the tape. I'm pretty sure neither one of us predicted that they would make the uh, the playoffs this year. Now, looking at the current structure, and to your point, we're 20, 20 21 games Dude, into the season. I, here's what I'll say. I just, I just wanted to look because I, I was, I was pretty sure that uh, Tobias Harris was their their leading scorer. Oh, for sure. Um, God, he was so good in Orlando when we traded him away for fucking peanuts. He's always fuck he's, you, Rob Hennigan. He's always we, been good. The thing is, we like Rob Hennigan made so many trades and like where he like fleece teams and we're like, yes, like these guys are good. And then our management went into such like win now mode that like he then traded them for like he traded Tobias Harris for half a year of Brandon Jennings and Arison Ilyasova. Oh, that's right. He did do that, didn't he? After giving up Redick for <laughs> Tobias Harris, so I, do I have a lot of issue with that. But here's the one thing. The Clippers' long-term success is going to be heavily dependent on if Danilo Gallinari, for the first time in his career, can stay healthy. Yeah, and quite and some time. Because he's he's a good player. The yeah. People forget that he's a really good he player. He is. He also like started last season. Not only was he borderline hurt, but he was also out of shape. Yeah, he's like he was in terrible shape. Because he, he was hurt. He was hurt. go like going into the season. Like, you, it's, I hate guys that like John Wall or James Harden that come into the season out of shape every mm-hmm. year and then play themselves yep. into it. Danilo Gallinari, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in the fact that he was fucking injured sure. before the season sure. started. It helps. It helps that he now is like looking like a basketball player again. But like he was doughy. Yeah, he got soft. Oh, so so soft. So looking at the looking at the current, I guess layout of the Eastern and Western conferences. What teams stick out to you as a the team that you were most wrong about, both in the positive and in the negative? So who sticks out to you as like, man, I got this totally fucking wrong. They are way underperforming. I don't know that it, like I don't know how wrong I want to say that this was, but well, I mean Cleveland, I I went out on a limb and I <laughs> gave them so the play. <laughs> yeah, we were both on that trade. I, was like, uh, like, yeah, I think I just wanted to believe. I wanted to believe that like Kevin Love 
could lead that team to the playoffs. I sorry, people of Cleveland. I tried to have your back. I will never make that mistake again. Shelby and I made a trade today on behalf of the Cavs and Bulls. We're trading Justin Holiday for J.R. Smith straight up, and then we're going to buy out J.R. Smith. I'm very excited for that trade to not happen, but uh, we we fantasize about it for a little bit. (laughs) A team that I, I mean, I missed. As of right now, I've missed hard on Orlando. I had them pegged at 24 wins. Yeah. I mean, they're on pace for about 38. So my and granted, they're only a couple games below 500, but they have heavily underperformed. My expectations has been the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz, who just recently made a trade for Kyle Korver. It'd be interesting to see how that the return. Well, it's, yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how he impacts their team because like they don't have a lot of scoring. Like Joe Ingles is their number two scorer. Oh no, Rudy Gobert is. But then like Joe Ingles is basically like their their number two option on offense. I really need them to make a move. Yeah. for Redick, so they can have. Nice. Jingles, Corver, and Reddick. Just the, the trifecta of good white guy shooters. That's true. Yeah, they're missing they're missing the one the one piece, the holy trifecta. Yeah, I don't, they're 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 underperforming drastically. The thing that I, that I really, honestly can I say this, we both agreed that we had them at the two seed. Yep. I I look back on that now and I'm like, why am I why was I so high on well, them? Well let's not let's not forget that last year, like, they started off lukewarm and then went on a long winning streak. I, and I, then faltered, and then went on another long. Yeah, I I know. I just like I don't know like how much I love their roster. I think yeah. I I did that thing. It's like that thing that people do in like the NCAA tournament, where like after a player goes on a run in the NCAA tournament, suddenly he's like top ten right. on draft boards. I did that same thing where they went on that run at the end of the season, and then they looked really good in the playoffs, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, this is the team. Yeah. And, they, I, I'm not. Somebody. Impressed. I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, and he and he and Ryan Rosillo were talking about um, about Donovan Mitchell, and they were like, you know, last season we thought he was the next Dwayne Wade, and this season he looks more like the next Carmelo Anthony. Like he just jacks up just every shot, and I, he's been very inefficient this year. I think a little bit of that is probably like a lot of the success that he had last year, and he's forcing the issue. Sure. You see that with young players. Well, and defensive, it defensive have figured him out too, so they're like they're playing him differently this year. It'll take some time. I think they're going to pick it up. Like they're only a couple games below five hundred. The team that I've been shocked with the most, who is currently in the playoff picture, is Memphis. I did not see that. Coming. No, I think I said I had them at like twenty eight wins. Dude, Marcus Saul is statistically having his greatest season ever at, at like, age thirty four. I know. It's just, it's I was going to say thirty six, but you're right. It it's thirty four. Like, the combination of Mike Conley and Marcus All being healthy, plus like they still kind of run the grit and grind style of play, but they're a little bit more athletic now. Like now you have guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. who is fucking amazing. Yeah, I, super good. I, I called it at draft time. I said like I think in ten years he's going to be the best player in this draft. I generally I still stand by that because he is a two way stud. That dude is averaging like a point per minute. I think I think Trey Young is going to be the best player in this <laughs> draft class. I'm not joking. No way. I swear to God. No way. I, uh, I think if he, like, he's only going to get better, and the talent around him is only going to get better. Wow. I am pleasantly pleased with Trey Young. <laughs> I can't believe it. I know. I, I'm shocked. I've turned the corner. Wow. Um, anybody in the East that sticks out to you is like, fuck, I got that wrong. Or like, uh, yeah, man. Washington. I was adamant with you guys that Washington would figure it out this yeah. season and that they would uh, that they would make like the sixth seed yeah. or I'll five be, I seed. I mean, I wasn't high on Milwaukee going in the season. I had them fish- finishing below Indiana. And uh, boy, I mean, they might be the best team in the East. 
I still think Toronto is the best team in the East, but man, they are fucking good, man. They are so good. I will say this. I did not have high hopes for Philadelphia. They have played a little bit better since making the Jimmy Butler trade. And honestly, if two of those shots don't go in, they are 13 and 10. So like those are game winners that they barely won. The record is misleading. I still think that they are incredibly, incredibly underperforming. I agree with that. are definitely... Definitely going to be one of those teams that is like heavily active when people are being released, and they're going to be very active on the waivers. I had them over. I had them over Milwaukee and Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I like I like Milwaukee a lot. I had Milwaukee over Indiana. Yeah, which I stand by. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it, it, I'm 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 proven right right now. But um, yeah, I had this. I I was very high on this. I was bullish, if you will, on the 76ers. I'm now very bearish on them. Sell your stock. <laughs> In the 76ers. We need some light-ups and some stuff like that Mad Money guy so <laughs> yeah. I can, like, push some buttons and ring some bells. We got to get some drops. We have drops at, at Matt's Place. We don't have drops here. We got to do that. So is there a player that, since you mentioned, like, bullish and bearish, is there a player this season who has changed your opinion of him both in the positive direction and in the negative direction? Like, has there been a player that has changed how you see them this season? Yeah, point? Aaron Gordon. Ooh, Okay. I was not convinced that Aaron Gordon could be like our go-to player, our go-to guy uh, in Orlando. Sorry, Orlando's go-to guy, Thank Orlando's go-to player. Uh, I he looks really good. I mean, there's some time like there he has struggled some games. He's also 22. Yeah, that's fair. He like, looked really bad the other night. Or 23. Though. I don't. I think know, he recorded yeah. a f- straight up zero the other night. Yeah, he did not look good. And those are, that's it's gonna come. Especially now that he's kind of taking on this yeah. role, um, they need to get fucking Evan Fournier's bum thinning hair ass out of town. I fuck it, dude. Nick Vucevic playing out his goddamn mind. Yeah. Evan Fournier is for dude. He he shot us out of the game the other night. He yeah. sucks. Is uh, there is there anybody in your mind that is like starting to get to like superstar level this year that maybe we didn't think about mm. going into the season? My pick right now is Tobias Harris. I think Tobias Harris is starting to like. I want to say that, but I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not on that train. I, 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 I thought about that. Like when that when you said that, and he's averaging 21.9 a game. Um, on a, on the number one team in the Western Conference. I, I understand, but dude, I've seen him do that before. Like I, I just I don't not to this level. I'm not prepared to put Tobias Harris that's up fair. there. That's fair. Um. Uh. I would also say like Kemba. I think Kemba is that now is in, who like, I was going to say. Like territory. I am. I I will admit it. Dude, Kemba, thirty-eight percent from the floor, Walker. I am. Told you, man. I've turned it around. Told you. The one thing that still grinds me about him though is when he stole Gerald Henderson's number. <laughs> he came in the league with the Hornets and he he's just swiped number fifteen from him. Yeah, he's Kemba Walker. Gerald Henderson is Gerald Henderson. I think that was a good call. Gerald Henderson's dad podcast. played in the NBA. <laughs> you put some respect on the Henderson so family name. I would never. Um, let's talk MVP for a second. Have who do you have as like your <clears throat> One quarter into the season, MVP. Giannis, I think yeah. probably. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm very close to saying Joel Embiid because his numbers are stupid. I think he's at like 28 and 13 a game. He's putting up Shaq, Shaq numbers, stupid Shaq numbers. numbers. But so here's here's the thing that's crazy. So, so Joel Embiid's numbers right now are pretty close to what Giannis's are. So 28 and 13 with. Three assists, shooting like forty-seven percent. That's the one thing that I'm I, like kind of lowers me on him. There's a shooting percentage. A big man should always shoot above fifty. He does shoot a lot of threes, though. So I'll give you that. Um, now let's pull up Giannis's number because as we're pulling these up, I need to say something. Giannis is averaging. Are you ready for this? Giannis is averaging 
18.6 points per game in the paint. Just in the paint. Yeah, I saw his shot chart from a game the other night, and it was like, it was like, or it was like not his shot. His, it was like his like all his season long, like like where his shots come from, like the heat, like the heat areas, and his like the middle of the lane is outrageous. Well, and what's crazy is like my man is shooting twelve percent from three this year. No, they're letting him. They're letting him let it ride, and he's got a terrible jump shot. Yeah, it's but ugly. Here's, here's the crazy part: everybody knows it, and he's still getting twenty seven points stop per game. Him. 18, dude, he has the highest point per game average in the paint since Shaq in like 2005. Shaq averaged like 19.2 points per game in the paint in 2005. And probably like his other seven or eight from the fucking free throw line. I'm saying. And then Giannis is just behind that. And not only only that, he's averaging 13 rebounds a game and six assists a game. He is While shooting a very efficient 58% from the floor. 58% from the floor while shooting 12%. That 12% is dragging down his shooting percentage, and he's still shooting 58% from the floor. His efficiency field goal percentage is 58.6%. That is crazy. It is crazy. His player efficiency rating is LeBron-esque. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Um, Yeah, I think for me, Giannis is probably number one right now. What I like about this season is, like, there isn't a clear... A clear, clear number one yet. Like there no, was Kawhi periods where, yeah, Kawhi be. could be the MVP. Like he's having a great season. Steph was off to a great start, although he's been injured, so that's going to hurt him a little Katie's bit. Katie still can make a case. Katie's making a case. LeBron, like LeBron, is still averaging twenty eight, eight and eight. Like <laughs> I know on a, on a team that's good, not great, but like he's still putting up LeBron numbers, I mean, and we're forgetting about him. Playing with completely forgetting. Dude, about him. I I maintain this, and I've said it for the last eight years. Greatness fatigue. We've seen LeBron sure. do it so many times that people are just like, oh yeah. Like, when LeBron scores 22 and grabs six boards and dishes out four assists, we're like, oh, man, LeBron had a tough night. Yeah. Like, 95% of players in the league put up those numbers, and we're like, holy fuck, dude, what a night. It's crazy. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to talk about. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, fuck what I was going to say. I forget. I know that we... I know that at one point you wanted to talk about Boston. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit because, like, there's been some – they've had a weird season. Like, and they're another one of those teams where it's like – and I think I put on the show notes, like, is it more surprising that they're 500 or that the Clippers are, are number one in the West? I am unconcerned with Boston's I think you, I think you can't be. I think – We are a quarter of the way into the season. Yeah, and they they recently made some shakeups in their roster where, like, Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris are both starting – just to give them a, to inject a little bit of toughness in that starting rotation, um, and Jalen Brown's not coming off the bench as is Gordon Hayward. Which kudos to kudos to Brad Stevens for like making that that difficult decision to to sit Gordon Hayward and and Jalen Brown for that matter, who has not had a great season, um, and neither has Gordon Hayward. Frankly. I have a hot take on that, but you may proceed. Go ahead, please, please. I don't think Gordon Hayward is a Boston Celtic after the trade deadline. I agree, I agree, and it's going to be weird. But I think I don't think that there's anybody who's like. What? Please send him to Orlando. For who? DJ Augustine. Who's playing out his goddamn mind this year? You want to lose him? Who's going to play point? For fucking Gordon Hayward, sure. Jaron Grant. I don't care who we trot out (laughs) at point guard. Jaron Grant. I can tell you as a former... As a former bull, he was terrible. Yeah, oh, he's he's trash. Uh, He he doesn't doesn't play for us. We play... uh, We play... uh, DJ Augustine and that other cat. Who's the (laughs) point guard so bad I can't... Oh, now I remember what I want to talk about. At this point in the season, who do you think has been the best addition to a team thus far? I know what Nikki would say if he was here. He would say Brooke Lopez. I know. I was actually just about to say. Who has been 
I'm incredible. I, I'm gonna say Brooke Lopez. I was I was I was literally just about to say I hate to admit this, Nikki. Please don't listen to this episode because I don't <laughs> want you to know that you were right. So, but yeah, I think Brooke Lopez has. Dude, he has. Uh, he has given. It's weird because like he's such a non conventional center Mm -hmm. but the thing is like they have so many other guys who grab rebounds and he like has given them a completely different dimension on offense he's a big guy who can step out and shoot so guess what Giannis has the lane it's crazy it's he has been instrumental it's crazy to me that like Bud figured out a way to exploit the one thing that Giannis is better than at than anybody and has surrounded him with shooters like just Surrounded him with a starting rotation and guys off the bench who are just going to stretch the floor. Unselfish players, too. And open up the lane for him. Like, it's crazy to me. Another Um, one that I have, uh, a rookie, actually. Who? Uh, Shea Gildress-Alexander. 100%. I'm shocked that that Doc has given him the reins He looks good. He's really, really good. He's averaging like a 10 or 11 a game. He's really good. And he's just like, I mean. And he looks comfortable. Some guys, they take a little bit of time adjusting to the speed and the pace. And like, he looks comfortable yeah dude i mean there you go 10.6 points and 45.6 from the floor like i mean the three point percentage isn't great but like that that usually there's usually a, a learning curve there it's not 12 percent, so no um which, no it ain't by the way did you know that russell westbrook is shooting 19 percent from three-point range right now did you know that russell westbrook is more of a detriment to his team than an asset and i've been saying it for a year and a half now you, you might have me now but what's weird about them is like that team is playing really well defensively not great on the offensive and like is still sitting at like right around fourth. But that's the thing is like if you look at the if you look at like the current standings, like Golden State's gotta be super happy with where they're at right now. Like considering that that Steph is is out, they're a game out of first place. And I gotta be honest with you, there are zero competitors in the West this year, as far as I'm concerned. Like no there are no Houston Rockets this year. There is nobody in the West that can beat them. Not one. No, There's I mean, I'm, I'm like, I want, I want, I desperately want to say the Nuggets could beat them. It ain't happening. They'd have to make a huge move. It's just not happening. Uh, yeah, I think I hear. I think if the, I think the Nuggets could take two, they could go down four. They go down four two in a series. I think they get swept. I think. I think honestly, this. I think this is the year that Golden State sweeps all the way to the finals and in the finals. I mean that. I think they're going to go undefeated in the entire season. No, I don't. They won't. They won't sweep the finals. Milwaukee or Toronto could get them one time. The the West is weird because like the West is tough, but there's nobody that can beat Golden State. Because like if you look up and down, like there is a there is a world where (laughs) New Orleans, who everybody thought was going to make the playoffs this year, it was like the darling, doesn't make the playoffs. I I still think Dallas has a chance to make the playoffs. I do. I really, really do. We were high on them in our prediction. I ultimately said they wouldn't, but like I wanted to put the problem with the West is there's teams I want to put in and te- like, uh, yeah. And you're right. And Utah, my, do, I do. I don't think Houston's going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think San Antonio's going to make the playoffs. I said that in the offseason. Like uh, I'm, I'm, meh. Still, I'm not, I'm not out on them. They got, they got DeRozan's new piece. Yeah. Like they've got some injury problems. Like they're going to figure it out. I like, think they'll be okay. Looking at this right now, of the teams that are currently slated to make the playoffs, if they were to start today, who do you think falls out by the end of the season? If I had to make a real prediction, probably Memphis. Memphis is my number one pick, and who else? Because you're saying that you're saying that you think San Antonio is going to make it. Yeah, and you don't think Houston's going to make it. I don't think Houston. Will I think make Houston it. makes it. I don't think they do. What They're about not Utah? Good. What about Utah? I don't know. At least two teams got to fall out if San Antonio and Utah are going to make it. 
So now you're talking about Dallas, L.A., Memphis, or Portland, basically. I would say that of those, uh, Dallas and Memphis would probably be the two that fall out. Those I want to honestly want to say the Lakers, but I'll never count out it's LeBron James. I just happening. I won't. They'll make it. They'll make the playoffs this year. I think. Also, you know who doesn't look that good this season? Brandon Ingram. No, come on. I don't think he's been the number two that LeBron was hoping for, but he's not having he's not having the season that um, that LeBron was hoping for. That's not how you spell Brandon. Um, Brandon Ingram there. Please bear with us. We're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> I fat-fingered the shit out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, let's see. In comparison to last season, yeah, he's having a down season. Last year he was like 16-5-4. and four. Now he's... The shooting percentage is staying the same, though, yeah. which is, I mean, he's just, he's his, miss. His numbers were inevitably, inevitably going to go down a bit because of LeBron. I just really thought he would take a bigger leap playing with LeBron. I thought so, Most too. Most players do. I think the one guy who's actually benefited from him, which I'm kind of surprised, has been Lonzo. Like, Lonzo hasn't had a bad season. No, Lonzo uh, looks good. Um, I'm, I'm, I like the Lakers. I mean, I do. I, I could see them missing the playoffs just because of, like, general tomfoolery on that roster, but... Yeah, I mean his shooting percentages are higher this year. Lonzo, that is. Um, yeah, I mean his, shooting... his numbers as a whole are down, but his game, he looks more comfortable on the floor. Yeah, he looks good next to LeBron. I will say that. Um, I don't ever think he's gonna be like a. I don't think he's ever gonna be what everybody thought he was gonna be. I think oh, are... I, who really thought that other than his father? A lot of people do. I never really believed in he, it. The one thing he does have is he has now the argument. I like him, sure, but what I'm saying is like the argument when he got drafted was. In in today's game, a point guard needs a score, and that's not necessarily Lonzo's strong skill set. His skill set is being a playmaker, which yeah. is incredibly valuable and very important and made Jason Kidd and Steve Nash Hall of Famers, but also like as a number two pick, it, it's it's hard to weigh like production from like a statistical standpoint versus production from like orchestrating the offense and and making all the players around you better if you are if you go number one or you go number two and this has always been sort of my criteria behind that if you go number one or number two for you for me to not consider you a bust you must be the number one or two option on a playoff level team i think in most drafts that's true I think in most drafts that's true. Number one and two big because like there's definitely drafts where you're like I don't expect anybody after number one to be any good. Um, yeah, 1997, 97, no, yeah, 2000, 2000. Uh, whatever the year that Anthony Bennett got drafted, uh, the year that Kyrie got drafted. Like after number one, it was just like I well, don't know. I mean, no, Oladipo won after Anthony Bennett. True. Rudy Gobert went in that draft too, right? Yes, but only and only recently did either one of those people become like no, all star right. guys, and like Oladipo was expected to be you know that type, and, and only recently found that. But like, yeah, I agree. Like, if you're a number one or number two overall pick, I expect you to be a ten time all star. Yeah, I mean, you should be. Like, that's kind of that's what we're drafting you for, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with, with Brown Lonzo, had tiny hands, sure, you never had a chance. That's what it was. Um, and according to Michael Jordan, he was a pussy. So, uh, which is it's hard I to come back. He called from. him a, I'm pretty sure a homosexual him. slur. Oh, maybe that's what it was. I thought that's what it was. I'm not going to say that. I'm not yeah, going to dignify is, that word on this con- podcast. We don't condone that on the Yay Network. But, um, anyways, so actually, good segue. Speaking about that draft, um, we talked about this during the week. There are some, there are some conspiracy thing theories coming out of 76ers Twitter. Um, so to fill in the listeners who maybe 
didn't yeah. go crazy. Over Good this. luck explaining this. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the short story. The short story is a gentleman on Twitter whose name I'm forgetting. He basically pulled together a bunch of tweets from a doctor on Twitter who kept talking about Markel Fultz's shoulder. Now most of us know that Markel Fultz. Um, there have been many rumors about his shoulder, and recently it came out that he was going to see a shoulder specialist and a wrist specialist, um, and was going to be taking some time away. Probably from see the team. a psychologist. While definitely he's needs at it. that. Definitely needs that. Um, long story short, is this gentleman found all these tweets where this guy was pointing out all the deficiencies in not Markel Fultz's shot, but in his anatomy and in his body composition and the way that his shoulders were slumping and his mechanical movements. And he broke down all the different aspects of his shoulder blade and his shoulders and basically said, like, there is something seriously wrong with the nerves in his shoulder, which are leading to, like, um, uh, I forget the word, but his I'm, I'm, his... I'm I'm looking it up right now. His muscles are basically degenerating and his, sh- his shoulder is, for lack of a better term, it's fucked. Um all of a sudden, though, as this guy is posting all these these tweets from this doctor, a few days later, Markel's team says that he's going to see a shoulder specialist, and then all the tweets disappear. And then the profile disappears. And now we're left thinking, basically, the conspiracy theory is the 76ers drastically fucked up Markel Fultz's rehab as he was preparing to come back last season. And in doing so, potentially have, like, ruined his career by misdiagnosing him and the thought is that this gentleman who was tweeting about his shoulder is now the specialist that Markel Fultz's team has sent him to to re-diagnose his shoulder issues um so Tad I guess one did I miss anything no and that was two very, that was concise thank you that was well done um are you here for it oh I'm way in <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm so far in that when you were talking about the guy who deleted all the tweets, the doctor, you were you were like, and now there's rumors that the doctor, and I was like, has been killed. <laughs> like, they they killed him, and they scrubbed his Twitter account. I thought that was Jerry Colangelo <laughs> had him fucking murdered. Oh, my God, man. It's and used crazy. the power of USA Basketball to cover it up. Uh, no, I'm fully in on it. It's, I believe it. Like, after it looking sense. at all that shit, I'm so far in on it. Um not only does it make sense from that perspective, but, like, because of what happened with Brian Colangelo, you can't imagine, like, I have to imagine that the entire front office of the Sixers has just so many different, like, keyword triggers and Google alerts and all these different things to make sure that if anybody's talking about us on social, we're going to get down to the bottom of it. I have, I said this when it happened, and I'm just going to reiterate this. Brian Colangelo or his wife. I think it was his wife. They I don't think they acted alone. <laughs> I don't think they did. I think that there they there there were other people in the 76ers organization that participated in that. I firmly believe that. And I think that like like this thing I think just they're fucking dysfunctional. And I really think it has a lot to do with Jerry Colangelo. Like just being tight-fisted. Interesting. Like, just like, like everything is like sort of like he rules it with an iron fist. Yeah. The whole thing is fucking weird, man. I, I, I like, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I genuinely hope that Markel Fultz gets this problem fixed. And I, I don't want to say that I hope it 
it actually is a shoulder injury. But if it is, in fact, a shoulder injury, I hope that he gets it resolved. I also hope that the Bulls trade Robin Lopez and a pick for Markel Fultz and a contract to make that shit Ugh. even. Bring him over. No. What the fuck do we have to lose? I don't give a shit. I would, uh, the future, you... you Happy, you, happy to put him next to Chris Dunn and let them play in the, in the background. There's been a lot... He's been linked to Orlando through a lot of rumors. Why not? Please. So let's just hard, say... Hard pass. You, dude, we're, you know what? Like Maybe for you guys, I'll because you it. suck ass right now. No one, offense. One, no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. What do we have to lose? Orlando right now, for me, we are finally... Like I'm like, give me the eight seed. I don't care. Sweep me out sure. of the fucking playoffs. But what I'm saying is, like, for Markel, based on his stock right now, we're not gonna have to trade much. Like, dude, we could trade Antonio Blakeney for him straight up. Dude, you could trade the corpse of Antonio McDice for him straight I, up. I'm saying, like, Antonio his, McDice is still alive. Yes, I mean, like, his, like, like his corpse when, as a as a yeah, basketball yeah, his player. Basketball corpse. Um, everybody knows that you leave your body in your last game in the NBA, and then you elevate above that body, uh, and then you exit it into your old man body. It's some real spiritual it's shit. It's really crazy. If you've ever seen Ghost, it's basically like the movie Ghost. you ever seen the movie Sixth Man? Yes. I love Sixth Man. It's a great movie. Great it's movie. pretty much like that, except it, like you don't actually die. It might be Marlon Wayne's best movie ever. It's a, it's a quality it's film. It's a great movie. It's a quality film. I own that on VHS. I, that one I have a hard time watching. I have a hard time watching brother movies. Because me and my brother are tight. I have a hard time watching like sad brother movies. I hate my movies. brothers. So no, that's not true. <laughs> that's that. It's not true at all. I love them both. I love them both dearly. Shots. They're morons, fire. but I love them Shots. both. Yeah, mine too. Uh, hey, Nikki. Um, R.I.P. Again, I can't. I can't iterate this enough. He's not dead. Um, <laughs> let's see. This is my favorite. Like little ongoing. What else have we missed? Um, is. Fuck, I'm just trying to think of the same. I think we pretty much covered everything. There I has not covered. been a lot of sh- dude. Jimmy Butler getting traded just like killed NBA yeah, news. There's nothing else to talk about. Now it's just like who's doing well, who's not doing well, who's the MVP, uh, who's the rookie of the year. I did far. see something kind of wild on the NBA Reddit the other day. I'm gonna see if I can uh, if I can pull that that up. But otherwise, um, I, I don't know. So according to this, Kyle Lowry is currently number three in the uh, MVP probability. Oh, are we, do you want to talk about? Uh, we and we certainly don't have to, but about uh, Bradley Beal allegedly wanting out of Washington, but then saying in a post game interview that he wants to be there. Is there <laughs> players and or coaches publicly saying like players? saying privately they want out that being leaked and them denying the report only to get traded name a better duo the only other better duo would potentially be coaches being linked to a new team publicly denying that only to get hired <laughs> a week later it's uh it's it's what it is is because Kyrie did the same thing in the offseason he basically covered his tracks by publicly stating that he wanted to be a Celtic for the rest of his career so that if they trade him he's the good guy right Right? Bingo. So these guys got to get in front of these stories, even though I guess Bradley Beal's behind in this case. But like these guys are all doing it now. Like um, Jalen Rose calls it pre-agency. It's basically them yeah. before their contract is up, saying I'm not going to be here for much longer. I don't plan on coming back. So like here are the teams that you can send me to. Figure it out and like whatever you got to do, I'm gone. Um, what I hate is when people hate on these players. And they're like, there's no loyalty. Fuck no, there's not any loyalty. Yeah. You are rooting. What you're doing is you're rooting for a billionaire, the team owner, a billionaire over millionaires. Right. That's what you're doing. Right. You are you are 
It sucks, and it sucks when like players lock out and they're like, "Hell yeah, we want more of this money because like we should get more of oh, it." Oh fuck yeah! And, but people are all like, "Oh, they're just like they're entitled." Like, no, they're fucking not. No. Like, it drives me no. insane. So people, I think when people have legitimately broken down like the economic impact that like somebody like LeBron James has on a franchise or a city for that matter, like the the economic impact that LeBron James had on Cleveland as a as a city yeah. as a fucking as a as a as an economy in general all the business that was driven there like that didn't even just impact the Cavaliers that impacted all businesses within the greater Cleveland area right. while he was there like that dude is worth way more than 30 million dollars couldn't agree with you yeah like, no way more so yeah I, and so yeah I, I i think if Bradley Beal wants out of Washington to get the fuck out he feels to me like somebody like like, so let me ask you this, and I think I know where the answer is going to go because I know your opinion of this player, but if I'm Washington and I call you and you're the Lakers and I say, hey, I want Bradley Beal, I mean, pardon me, I want Brandon Ingram and a first-round pick plus Kyle Kuzma for Bradley Beal. Who am I? You are the Lakers in this case. I'm I probably ask- say no. I'm asking you for Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, no. and a first. No. What about Ingram and a first for Bradley Beal? Yeah, I'd probably take that. Yeah, that feels to me like a yes. And I wonder, like... I mean, you get you get a guy like Bradley Beal you could put with LeBron. Like, well, yeah, and a, that's the thing is like I you've got D Wade, you a D Wade that can shoot. Yeah, well, that's the thing is just like we were talking about the Lakers earlier. Like, they need to make a trade because LeBron's going to be there for four years, and that's it. Like, he's there for a long time, and he does not want to be in the middle of the Western Conference. So, they're going to need to make a trade, but they they can't make a trade for like role players. They need to go out and get somebody. When you say LeBron's there for four years and that's it, are we talking retirement? No, I just don't think that he's going to be in LA long term. I think he's. He's trying to play out this contract because I was listening. To, he, you know, he was on the Tim Ferriss podcast this week, actually, um, and he was I saying like, his goal is to play at least another six years so that he can play a game with his son. Which I'm going to say this: I I don't love that LeBron is vocalizing that for the simple fact that like now he's basically there's a lot of pressure on Bronny. <laughs> is yeah. what I'm saying. Like I don't think it's cool for and all signs. Everybody that I hear. Talk about him. Talk about him as like a legitimate potential NBA prospect. He's like fifteen, exactly. And that's my only problem with this whole thing is like, there's been plenty of kids who are like the number one eighth grader in the country who never made it to the NBA, yeah. or like the number one player in high school who never made it to the NBA. Like, there's been time and time again that's been the case. The, the, the um, McDonald's All American after McDonald's. There are McDonald's All Americans who ride the bench at Duke for four years. That's what I'm saying. So I think it's unfair for him to talk about his son in that way. But anyways, he did say that like that's my goal is to play long enough so that I can play an NBA game with my son. Um, what I think happens is he plays out these four years, figures out where his son's going, or signs like a one-year contract so he can kind of park it, and then wherever his son gets drafted, he's just going to go to like play the last couple years of his, of his career. I think that's what he wants to do. But I think he does want to be competitive while he's in L.A. So this is where it goes back to like they're going to have to go and get a guy like Bradley Beal because I think teams are – and some dumbass GM is going to make – like. Teams are starting to worry about these guys getting traded and staying, like what Paul George did and what Kawhi is claiming he's going to do. Like, if Kawhi stays in Toronto... I bet Kawhi stays in, in Toronto. I think so, too. And my what's going to happen is, like, the entire landscape of GMdom is going to change if Kawhi stays in Toronto. Because now, these teams are going to be making some dumbass trades because they're just going to assume that these guys are going to stay with them. Like, it's going to happen. There's going to be somebody who makes a crazy trade for a, a, a star in the league... Under the assumption that he's going to stick it out, and they're going to fucking walk. NBA GMs are the worst GMs in all major sports. Interesting. Rank them. Uh, NBA. Um, 
Like worst to let's, least worst? Well, if we're assuming that the NBA is the worst, then who's – yeah, let's go worst to least worst then. Okay. So it's going to go um, NBA, mm-hmm. NFL, MLB, NHL. Are the four major sports. Those are the worst to best uh, GMs. Interesting. And NBA GMs are far and away the worst. The other three is kind of a crapshoot. But, dude, there, the, so many guys get recycled, and they sign guys to so many big, bloated contracts. Here's the thing. In the NFL, you can cut guys without contracts aren't guaranteed. Yeah, and they've also but they've also come up with a loophole in the franchise tag, so that's a whole other fucking thing. Right. And then like, but you then can't do that in the NBA. The NBA, these like to be fair to NBA GMs, there is like a smaller talent pool that and, you're pulling from. And a salary cap. Other sports don't But like- that's the thing, is a lot of teams hamstring themselves. Fucking Chandler Parsons is a prime example. Yeah. Like fucking Mike. Like look at when the, everybody expected the salary cap to explode and it didn't go up that much. Look at how many guys are on bad fucking. Con- Why does Harrison Barnes make eighteen million dollars a year? Why? Right place, right time, man. Right place. Like that's right what time. I'm saying though. Is like a lot of times those guys they just they hand out big contracts because they want to make that like they have to make that big splash and I, I it's it hamstrings teams. Like look at Billy King. Billy King got GM job after GM job after GM job when he was. Like, he did not – he sucked. And people still talked about him like he was a great GM. Yeah. Or, like, what's his name in uh, in Memphis? Like, Chris Wallace? Like, Chris Wallace is a, t- is a terrible, terrible GM. Isn't yes. It? Bad draft after bad draft, bad trade after bad trade. Mitch bad Kupchak. Signing. Yeah, Mitch Kupchak, who's now in Charlotte, is going to be interesting what he does there. I want to – they got to trade Kemba, man. I really Fucking Otis Smith. <laughs> oh, Fucking yeah. Rob Hennigan. Brother, I could talk to you all day long about Orlando Magic front office problems. I was going to say, there's a, there's a commonality here in the people that you're speaking about. Um, anything else we want to talk about today before we wrap up? I don't really have anything else. I think we covered a decent amount. I really like Nikolai Jokic. I just see that he's number nine currently in MVP standings. Interesting. Do you think – so let me ask you this. If you had to name your first team all-NBA front court, who do you have right now? Something small forward, power forward, center. Who do you have? Two forwards and a center. Yeah, that's a tough question. Giannis. Okay. Jesus, that's a hard question. It is, isn't it? Uh, that's, probably, I think that's what makes this season interesting. Giannis, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. So, no, Giannis, Kawhi, and Joel Embiid. So three three guys from the East. Yeah. That's probably who I'd take. So LeBron's going to make second team this year? I mean... <laughs> like that's the thing probably not <laughs> but you see what I'm saying it's kind it's of interesting hard. it's interesting like you're also leaving Kevin Durant out yeah I know and that. Anthony Davis I am not dude I just hate Kevin Durant man <laughs> like I fucking that guy is softer than baby shit I just I hate him he's I mean right now in terms of probability he's number two on the list and Kyle Lowry who's shocking to me but also is having one of his best statistical seasons in his entire career in terms of efficiency. He's like, putting up Steve Nash MVP season numbers he, right exa- now. He's, he's averaging 16, 10, 4, shooting, uh, da, 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 da. let's see, he's shooting 36% from three and 46% from the, floor. from the field. He's really fucking good. 58, 59% from just from two-point range. I'm saying, like, he's incredibly effective this year and is also defending really well. Um, will he just you know what like I don't want this to happen but like will he just get bad because like I've been waiting like every year I'm like this is the year this is the year that we, Kyle Lowry's game it. fall apart and like it never is the year and I'm like just suck we just, finally I so I can be right we both assumed that because he lost his best friend that he was just gonna get really fat and he 
and he kind of I mean he's just he's still kind of the the tubby little little point guard, but he ain't going away, man. He ain't going away. He's figured it out. Fun fact: He was on the same team with uh, Randy Foy when he was in college, when they they all played at Villanova. Mm-hmm. He was with uh, Randy Foy and uh, a guy by the name of Alan Ray. I do remember Alan Ray, who played one season with Ray Allen in Boston. <laughs> I do remember that. So that's just always just a fun little fun little fun fact there. Yeah, I love it. Um, cool, man. Anything you want to plug before we get out here? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. Uh, it's a wild ride. Sure is, uh, especially if you like Iowa football. Um, it's Iowa basketball season now. I've been tweeting oh, about that. I tweeted that meme of uh, the the guy walking with his girlfriend, and he's like looking back at the other girl. And I made a meme of that that was like me as the guy looking back at the girl, and the girl I'm looking back at is Iowa basketball, and the girl, my current girlfriend who looks upset with me in the meme, is uh, Iowa football. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. Cool. Well, you can follow me at J underscore Keelas on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow MBA at MBA Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Make sure and give the podcast a five-star rating. Five stars only. Please, five stars only. Four I'm okay with. Please don't give us a three or or lower. It's, it's, It's a dick move. It's rude. I'd rather you just not say anything. Yeah. Uh, you jerks. In any case, sorry. Uh, if you feel so inclined to give us some some love, or at least tell your friends so people can start listening, the numbers are going up every week. So we definitely love that. Um, cool. Well, um, we have a liquor, like a shot measure, in this <laughs> podcast studio, and I don't know why. I have ideas, but we're gonna save that for next week's podcast. All right, for Tad, for Jay, this has been for NBA. Nikki. R.I.P. Oh, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> this has been NBA. We're out.